Turn to your neighbor and say, it feels good to smile, even if we argued on the way here. Gotcha. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, my God, for what you're going to do in this place, what you've already done. I thank you for your presence. We are lovers of your presence. And Lord, I thank you that your word will not return back void, but it will prosper in that what you sent it out to do. And my God, I also thank you that your spirit is here to quicken the word of God, to quicken the now word that we're speaking this morning. And you will back it up with signs, with wonders, with miracles, and with healings in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now read with me Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues. Being glorified of all. Somebody say being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Somebody say he grew up there. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Somebody say it was specifically found. The Spirit of the Lord, help me read this one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to what? Heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Somebody say it was fullness of time. Now I want you to jump with me real quick to Matthew 13. Same passage. Matthew 13 verse 53. Matthew 13 verse 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, He departed thence. And when He was coming to His own country, He taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Mm. Is Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, his brother James and John and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then have this man all these things? And they were what? And they were what? One more time for good measure. And they were what? In him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works. Say that with me. And he did not many mighty works. There because of their unbelief. So Jesus, the Son of God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, did not many mighty miracles or works there because of what? 
their unbelief. This morning, I want to open your mind, and I want to stretch you. In other words, I want to pull you out of where you are. How many is familiar, and you know right where you are? Come on. That should be every hand raised. You know where you are right now. You know what situation you're in. You know what circumstance you're dealing with. You know where you are. But this morning by this teaching, I want to pull you out of where you are. And I want to give you a different perspective. Somebody say perspective. And I want to give you a different perception of what you're going through. Now I want you to look at these two passages. I wanted you to read both of these to fully grasp what was going on. See, you see right here, he began to read what was in Isaiah. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm here to preach the good news. I am here to heal the brokenhearted. I am here to set free those that are captive, to help those that are bruised. I am here, in other words, I am everything that you have been waiting on. They had their opportunity. These people that he were preaching to, listen to me. These people that he was preaching to, they knew the word. They knew the scripture. Why? Because it was their culture to know the word of God. Now, I mean, when these people, by the time that they could read, they would study the scribe. They would study the Torah. They knew the word. But yet, their opportunity was there. Everything that they had been praying for was right in front of them. Listen to me this morning. Everything that they had been praying for and hoping for was right in front of them, and they could not obtain it. They could not receive it. And the reason why they could not obtain it and they could not receive it was because, and I I made you quote it back to me three times, they were offended. Oh, man. Do you know, do you understand the power of offense this morning? Do you understand? Everybody, when when it comes to talking about faith, everybody wants to quote Mark 11. Well, you can speak to that mountain. You can command it to be removed. And it will be removed. It will obey you. You can ask anything and I'll do it. Right? But you got to finish it. It says, but you, if you have any offense against anybody. Oh, come on now. If you have any unforgiveness in your heart. The Bible says you are to go and to make it right because if you don't, it will quench your faith. You need to write this down this morning. That offense is an enemy to your faith. It is a faith killer. How do I know that it's a faith killer? Because I just read it to you. The Bible says that Jesus, being who He was, that the the Bible says that the Spirit of God was upon Him without measure. Oh, Lord, without measure, without limitation, there was nothing impossible upon him. And even after that, even though he had that, the Bible says that he could not do mighty works in that place because of the offense that was upon the people. Why were they offended? 
Now, I'm going to show you something here this morning. Why were they offended? What did they say in Matthew? They said, where did he get this authority? Where did he get this teaching? Have we not seen him grow up? Come on. Have we not seen him fall and scrape his knee and go and cry to his mama? Y'all ain't talking to me this morning. Have, have we not seen him working on carpentry work and just doing a basic labor job? Have we not seen him do these things? And yet, and yet, he's coming here with this authority. He's coming here with this new age philosophy. Come on. Who does he think he is? This morning, I want to tell you something. I want to let you know in here this morning that not everybody is going to celebrate you. Not everybody is going to believe the work that God has placed on you. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all ain't talking to me. I said not everybody is going to be behind you and say, I believe in your ministry. I believe in your career. I believe in your dreams. I believe in your visions. And I'm going to support you. And I'm going to back you. Because in reality, why were they offended? I'll tell you why. Because he was breaking culture. Somebody say culture for me. I'm going to get into this in just a minute. I need to lay the foundation. He was breaking culture. In other words, they had been doing it a certain way from generation to generation to generation. And I find out today that we still do the same thing. Well, great-grandpa done it this way, and grandma done it this way, and daddy done it this way, so we need to do it this way. But God is looking for some people that will break culture. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I said God is looking for some people that will break culture boundaries. What is culture? It's how you see things. It's how you do things. It has what you've been taught. It's what you grew up in. It is your culture. Different people have different cultures. Different people come from different backgrounds. And the reason why they got offended was because he was no longer like them. Y'all ain't hear me this morning. You see, people will celebrate you as long as you're on their level. Oh, come on, somebody. People will celebrate you as long as you're not face putting a challenge in front of them. As long as you are not pressing them and putting pressure on them to change and to go higher and to go deeper, they will celebrate you and they will be with you. It's the same thing with when you got saved. When you got saved, this old people you used to hang out with, they didn't want to hang out with you no more. Why? Because you showed them a different way to live. You broke culture. I can't get no help in here this morning. You broke culture. You said, I'm no longer going to live in your culture. I'm no longer going to get high. I'm no longer going to get drunk all the time. I'm no longer going to party and gamble and do whatever. I'm not going to do these things. But I've decided to go deeper. I've decided to go beyond my culture. And this offended them. 
You see, how do you know you offend people? When they say things like, who do you think you are? That didn't hit home. How about this one? Oh, you're trying to act better than you're raising. Mm. You remember how I raised you. You think you're too good for us now? All these things Jesus was dealing with. You're talking about how much authority and how much power you have? Who do you think you are? We grew up with you. We've seen you grow up down the street. And you're telling me you're God's next man? I'm trying to make you think this morning. Because you see, if you're ever going to do anything radical for God, you're going to face this. If you're ever going to be daring to be different, you're going to face this. And you see, they had their answer right in front of them. And because, now watch this, because it didn't fit into their understanding. Oh, man. Because it didn't fit into their bubble. It didn't fit into their culture. They would not receive it. They wouldn't receive it. And some of you look at me like, yeah, I can't believe they would do something like that. <laughs> but watch this. How many times has God sent you an answer? And it didn't look like you thought it should have looked. Oh, my goodness. my God. It's getting deep in here this morning. I hope you brought your waiters. And it didn't sound like you thought it was going to sound. And it didn't match up. Listen, it didn't fit into your perspective on how it was going to be. And because it didn't do these things, in other words, because it didn't fit into your culture, you rejected it. Oh, man. I know y'all weren't going to shout on that one. I know you weren't going to amen me on that one. But you see, a lot of times it's the same way. They had Jesus right there. And because we have a different perspective, if we could go back in time, we would be worshiping. We would be saying, oh, Jesus, just lay your hands on me. Just touch me. Give me a word. Give me, a, give me a something. Give me a blessing. Because we have a different perspective. But because they refused to have a different perspective, they didn't want anything from him. You, my goodness, do you ever, have you ever dared to step out in God? And, and many people, they won't step out for God. They won't do what God called them to do because they know it comes with persecution. Talk to me. You don't think there's no persecution standing behind this? Come up here and try it. Come on. You don't think there's persecution standing up there and singing praise unto God? Come on up, big girl and big boy, and try it. Because I'm telling you, there's persecution with it. But somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I dare to be different. My God. What is perception? Write this down. 
It is the way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. Especially a mental impression. How many times does God give you a word and what do you do? You immediately start placing in you a mental impression of how it's going to be. And how it's going to turn out. And who he's going to use to do it. And what happens is 99.9% of the time God doesn't do it the way you think he ought to. Somebody wave at me. God doesn't do it like you think he should. And God doesn't do it in the realm of your understanding. Matter of fact, he says, my ways are far above your ways. And my thoughts are far higher than your thoughts. And because he didn't do it your way, what happened? You got depressed. You got offended. You got frustrated. Come on, somebody. You got to be real in here this morning. You got frustrated because you just knew God was going to do it this way, and he didn't. Many people, watch this, many people are always looking for something big to think that God's going to work through something big. But let me tell you something I am living proof that God uses the small things. I have no training. I have no degrees. Every knowledge and every understanding I have of God, I've learned personally at His feet. I have learned spending time in His presence. But yet you see how God uses me. And why does He do it? Does He do it because of who I am? No. The reason why He uses me is because people know that has to be God. Yeah, y'all thought I was going to brag on myself, didn't you? See, people take a look at me and they say, where did this boy come from? A lot of them say, who does he think he is? We've known little Robbie all his life. Little Jim Carrey. Come on. And now he's taking a stand and saying he's a mighty man of God. Who does he think he is? And do you think, listen, do you not think that people's been offended by this ministry? Absolutely. You better believe it. We've been called nightclubs, devil worshipers, you name it. Why? Because we don't fit into culture that ain't how we grew up come on somebody talk to me that's not how we were raised I told you I'm gonna make you think this morning I'm just getting started and see many people just look at me and look up on my life and seeing how I grew up and that's how they judge whether God can use me or not Guess what? They do the same thing with you. Oh, well, that's just so-and-so. You know, we know what you used to do. Come on. We know where you used to hang out. We've seen you have an attitude. We've seen you get mad and go psycho. Come on. But I'm telling you this morning, I'm telling you this morning, 
that it doesn't matter what other people think. That it do- Listen, what other people's perception about you will not stop the plan that God has upon your life. Many people thought when we opened this church that we would slap stupid. Come on. They thought, who does this boy think he is? Raised up. We got 253,000 churches. No, we got 253,000 churches with no power. That's the problem. Come on. Every one of them should be filled. Every one of them should be on fire for God. But yet you see what God did. And I said what God did. I've got nothing to do with this. The only thing that I've got to do with this is I've been faithful to it. That's it. And I'm telling you this morning, I don't care what people place labels upon you. I don't care what people said about you. And a lot of times it's family. Somebody talk to me. It's family. Because they knew you. Because they raised up with you. They, knew, they, you know, they changed your diapers. Come on. They changed your diapers. They wiped your snotty nose. They done these other things. But let me tell you something. I find out that it's the people that nobody thought God would use. That's the ones that God uses. Y'all ain't talking back to me this morning. I said it's the people that don't have the degrees, that don't have the study, that don't have all the things, that God says, I want to use you. Why is that? Because God gets more glory when you don't depend on what you've done. We wouldn't have sent Moses to talk to the leader of the most powerfulest nation on earth because he had a stuttering problem. Going to send somebody who stutters to speak on your behalf? But God did. You're going to raise somebody to be the king of your nation that does nothing but hang around with sheep all day? God did. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Don't you place no labels on me. Don't you put no limitations on me. Because if God said I can do it, I'm going to do it. I need somebody to praise him right now. If God said I can have it, you best get behind me. Hallelujah. Culture. Mm. Somebody say culture. The Greek word for offense here, when they were said they were offended, it was skandalizo, which means to cause to stumble and to be hindered from trusting. Oh, I love that. Skandalizo. They were offended in such a degree where it put up a hindrance. Between them and what God had for them. It caused them to where they could not trust in what was before them. I wonder how many times, everybody listened to me this morning. I wonder how many times 
that what you've been hoping for, the deliverance you've been praying for, has been right in front of your face, but you refuse to receive it, and because you got offended, you can't even see the way out of your mess. Because you got a, oh my God, because you got offended, you can't see the way out of your troubles. Because God is telling you to go this way, but you don't think that's the way you should go. I want to go this way. How many knows Naaman? What happened to him? He had leprosy, right? And watch this. The man of God, Elijah, told him what to do to be healed. Listen to me. He told him what to do to be healed. He said, go and dip in the Jordan seven times. And you know what happened? Now, if any of us in here, if we had leprosy... We would be thankful. Whatever God wanted us to do, I'm going to do it. Amen? If God says you will get a million dollars if you do a jump rope, jump, jump, flip around a couple times and land on your feet, I'm going to do it with everything I got. Come on. But watch this. Naaman got offended. Do you believe that? And he almost, watch this, he almost talked himself out of his healing because of his offense. Write this down this morning. Whatever you do, don't get offended. I'm telling you, people will leave you. People will not believe in you. People will lie about you. Whatever they want to do, forget about it. It's not your, you listen, you can't stop them from doing it. But what you can stop yourself from doing is becoming offended. Because the moment you become offended, your faith begins to shut down. You better listen to me this morning. Well, I just can't, I just can't let go of what so-and-so said of me. You better let it go. You better let it go. Well, I just can't forget how so-and-so walked out on my life when, when I was at my most death. You better let it go. Because I'm telling you, as long as you hold on to it, you're going to be stuck right where you are with your blessing passing you by, with what you've been praying for passing you by. Are y'all listening to me this morning? You say, how do I know? Because I just read it to you. Their blessing was right in front of their face, and he passed them by because they were offended. Somebody say, praise God. Why did Jesus offend them? Because Jesus had a progressive message. They had heard all their life, watch this, they had heard all their life, don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. But watch this, Jesus comes and says, if you even look at a woman for lust, you've already committed adultery. Oh, that offended. That offended them. Who does he think he is? Why? Why? Why did it offend them? Because it challenged them to go deeper. He said, you have heard before, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. He said, but now I tell you a different thing. If somebody slaps you on this cheek, give them the other one. 
Somebody say, I'm offended. If somebody talks about you, bless them. <laughs> if somebody despitefully uses you, you know what that means? That means it's those people that only call you up if they need something. Look at Darlene back <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> only call you up when you need something. And then you never hear from them until they need something again. God says, bless them anyways. You know what else he says? He says, if they ask you for your coat, give him your cloak too. Let me put it in money sense because that hurts everybody. If they ask you for 500, give them six. Give them seven. Oh, that offends me. They were offended. The Pharisees were offended because his message was progressive. I ain't talking about the progressive you hear on Fox News of the liberal agenda, no. I'm talking about when that word, the definition for progressive means to grow in understanding and knowledge. See, Jesus came with a new understanding and a fuller knowledge of what Moses gave to them. And it offended them because it did not match up with their culture. There, Hold on, let me not get ahead of myself. So write this down. People will love you and accept you as long as you are at their level. But don't let that stop you. Go with me to Mark 7, 9. Mark 7, 9. It says, and he said unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God. He's talking to the Pharisees. That you may keep your own what? Somebody say culture. For Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother. And whoso curseth his father or his mother, let him die the death. But you say, if a man shall say to his father and mother, it is Corban. That is to say, a gift. Meaning, instead of helping your parents, you say, no, I got to give to God. By whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you, and you suffer him no more to do aught to his, for his father or his mother. Making the word of God of what? Say it one more time. By what? Oh, my goodness. Which you have delivered, many such like things do you. Now, I want to ask you a question. I want you to write this down. Is what you've considered a move of God, and this is going to hurt you, but listen. Is what you've considered a move of God really a move of God or culture and tradition? Oh, man. I've heard all my life, you ask somebody, did you have a good church? Oh, yeah, we had a real shouting message. Okay. 
but was the Word of God manifest? All people shout. They ran all over the church. They did backflips, you name it. Okay. But was the kingdom of God displayed? I'm going to ask you one more time. Has what you considered a move of God really a move of God or just culture? Oh, goodness. You see, I'm going to tell you something. There are two different churches. There's the church that shouts and screams all the time, every service, all service long. And then there's the other church that is still cool, calm, and collected. This one says to this church, you're dead as a doornail. This one says to this church, you're crazy. Somebody say culture. You see, I guarantee you, I told you I'm going to make you think this morning. I guarantee you that a lot of things that you considered a move of God has been nothing more than what you grew up in. Nothing more than culture. You say, how do I know that? A lot of times you'll see people, oh, I feel the spirit all over me. But yeah, but you're right beside the air conditioner. Somebody help me now. Is there a time to shout? Absolutely. There's absolutely a time to shout. But there's also a time to be still. You have to be in sync with the Spirit to know the difference. Somebody talk to me. If all you do is come in and scream and shout and speak in tongues, you're missing it. You're in culture. Oh, my goodness. If all you do is come in and you never shout, you never pray in the Spirit, you never lift your hands, but you just stand there and say, I'm just one of those praisers. You don't exist in the book of Psalms. Has some of y'all ever said that? You know, I'm just not that type of praiser. You know, I, I'm not the one that lifts my hands. and I, You know, I don't shout and I don't do these things. Well, you don't exist. Because the Bible says to shout. The Bible says to clap your hands. The Bible says to lift your hands. The Bible says to sing. So you've got two extremes. Which is two cultures. But is it really a move of God? Oh, man. When you have revival every year and the same people get saved every year, is it really a move of God or is it culture? Oh, my goodness. If you, listen, if you have a three-night revival and nobody gets healed, nobody gets saved, nobody gets delivered, but you came in and just had preaching for three nights, is it really a revival? Or is it culture? Some of you are like, hmm, this is good. Write this down. Many times God has moved and brought forth what you've been praying for. But you rejected it because it didn't fit your perspective. Listen to the definition of perspective. It is a particular attitude toward a way of regarding something. A point of view. Listen to this. A true understanding 
of the relative importance of things and sense of proportion. You see, what we do is we take God and put Him in our culture. Instead of saying, God, you do whatever you want to do. If you want us to shout tonight, I'll shout. If you want us to be still and worship and with tears in your presence, then that's what I'll do. If you want me to go lay hands on somebody, I'll do it. Or if you just want me to speak the word, I'll do it. It's all about perspective. I told you, if your culture is a shouting on fire church, if you go into a church where they are more calmer, you'll say, this is a dead church. Why? Because your perspective is your culture. Now see, me and Stevie back here, we like black gospel. Now let me rephrase that. I love black gospel. I love it. To me, there's no deeper way to get into the presence of God than while listening to it. For others, though, you might like a different style of music. But watch this. I'm not going to come to you and say, well, wait a minute. Because you're not listening to the same style of music as I do, you're not getting into the presence of God. Because you know what that would be? That would be culture. Some of y'all are going to be upset when you get to heaven because there's going to be all types of music. It ain't going to be trash. It's going to be glorifying God, but there's going to be all types of music. And some of y'all are going to get depressed. Come on, somebody talk to me. There are some people that are offended because churches don't sing hymnals anymore. I can't believe you don't see. He said, sing a new song. The songs you're singing is 800 years old. There's nothing wrong with singing him. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm telling you is, if you place one perspective and say, if it's not in this right here, then it's not a move of God, then you are not being led by the Spirit. You are being led by culture. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you get up here or you sing a hymnal or you sing uh, any other type of music. I don't care. As long as the anointing is on it, that's what I want. Come on, somebody. That's what I want. You have got to get out of your culture. You have got to get out of your perspective because I'm telling you, if you're ever going to be the fullness of what God has called you to be, then I guarantee you He's going to pull you out of your culture. He's going to pull you out. That's what Jesus did. They rejected Him. They despised Him because He didn't look like they did. They had in mind, watch this, they knew the Messiah was coming. They anticipated, they longed for the Messiah to come. But he didn't come with a fancy robe. He didn't come with a throne to sit on. 
He didn't come with a crown upon his head. And because he didn't come that way, they said, we don't want you. But let me tell you something. If you had the right perspective, you would be going wherever Jesus would go. That's why even in the desert where nothing was around, multitudes followed them. Why? Because they went past culture and they went by the perspective of what God wanted them to have. He said, whom do you say that I am? How many times, let's reverse this. How many times has God wanted you to help somebody? I've had this many times. God, tell me a word for somebody. How many knows God speaks to me? I know the voice of God. And I go and I tell them, and they reject it because of who brought it. Mm. How many times have you had a word for somebody? Or you, or you had something to do for somebody that God wanted you to do, but they would not receive it because it came from you. You know, there are some people, don't let this shock you, there are some people that don't like you to such a degree that if you was to hand them $5 million, they wouldn't receive it because you handed it to them. Come on, somebody, talk to me. But us looking on the outside of that saying, boy, you're crazy. Right? Because we wasn't offended by them. I'm letting you know in here this morning the power of offense. That if you're not careful, you're going to miss what God offered you. Somebody talk to me. You're going to miss what God offered you. If you're not careful, that's like with ministry. Listen to me. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. See, you see where this church is now. You have no idea what this church is going to be. Ooh, somebody say, Lord Jesus. You have no idea. But you can't despise small beginnings. I know what's coming. God has showed me what's coming. But watch this. I will not get offended by what I have now. Listen to me. Some of y'all want to, listen, those of you that want to operate and work in the ministry, you cannot get offended with where you are. Well, I think I should have a big ministry. I think I should have this. I think I should have that. And if you have that attitude, you know what's going to happen? God is never going to promote you. It's the same thing with your job. Well, I think I should be the owner of the company. I think I should run the business. But yet you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Guess what? Guess what? God raises those that's at the bottom. Oh, I can't emphasize this enough. 
I'm living proof. God raises those that's at the bottom. God raises those that everybody else says there's no way it's going to happen. There's no chance that this could come forth. God gives dreams and visions to those that people know it's no way within your power to bring it forth. Why? Because when it does it anyhow. I wish I had an organ in here. When it does it anyhow. Then people's going to, you can go over and pick the jaw up first. And then they're going to have to say, look what the Lord has done. You see, that's what I want in my life. I want people to know that it was God that done it. In this ministry, in my personal life, in my family, I want people to know that it had to be God. No other way. No other way. They said, this man does not match up as a king in no way, shape, or form. But yet God said he was king. (laughs) My Jesus. You know what people say you are. But who do you say you are? Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, think on that. Who do you say you are? Write this down. God is bigger than your culture and your perspective. Write that down. You better get that. God is bigger than your culture. If you've got this attitude, we've been raised up to believe this way. And if, there's, if it doesn't happen this way, then it's not God. You are not reaching your full potential. Now, let me be clear. I am in no way saying that if it does not line up with the Word of God, you believe it. Because that's a lie. If it does not line up with the Word, if it's not in the Word, don't you receive it. Somebody say amen. But sometimes, watch this. Many of you were raised in a culture that if you didn't shout, it wasn't going to come forth. But some of my greatest breakthroughs have been when I was on my face just crying. Y'all ain't talking to me this morning. God is bigger than your culture. Well, you know, that's how mom and dad, I don't care how mom and daddy raised you. God is bigger than your mom and daddy's perspective. You better make sure. Listen to me this morning. You better make sure that you are living by the will of God and not by the will of what your parents have taught you and what somebody else has taught you. Because a lot of times we put our own understanding on a move of God instead of taking the word as it is. Come on. Let me tell you something about me for a second. I grew up in a culture where people talked the talk. But there was no manifestation. No manifestation. Shouting that God's the healer and you still walking out sick. Somebody talk to me. Shouting God's your provider and... You don't know how you're going to pay the bills. But I wanted something that worked. 
those of you that know me, and many of you come to me and say, man, nobody's doing the stuff we're doing. No, we're different. If you look at this church, we are not with the culture. We don't match the culture that's here in this area. Do you want to know why? Because we're not moved by culture. We are moved by the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. If God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't care what other people think. I don't care how crazy it makes me look. I'm going to do it. Because, listen, it's only when we're in the will of God does God move. Write this down. God does not move in culture. But he moves by the leading of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. If it was left up to the Jewish people, you and I wouldn't be here right now preaching the gospel because we didn't match up with culture. You were Gentiles. Somebody talk to me. You were Gentiles. You were considered a lesser race. Oh, my goodness. But because a few apostles... Stood up and said, we're going to break culture. We're going to go past our raising and past our traditions. And we're going to follow the moving of the Spirit. Now the gospel is being preached all over the world. Why? Because a few men decided to break culture. I can't stress this enough this morning. If you want to touch the world, you have to get past your culture. Because if you don't, watch what's going to happen. Because if you don't, when you go into somebody else's culture, you're going to lock up. These people are weird. These people are different. You see, you're looking at culture instead of who they are in Christ. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your last name is. If you got a word for me from God, I want it. If you got something to give me from God, I want it. If you have an anointing to break stuff off of me, then come on and lay hands on me. I will not be bound by culture or traditions of men because that makes the word of God of none effect. What did I say a minute ago? God will not move in your culture. you got to get past that. got to get past it again people will celebrate you as long as you're at their level before I gave my life to God I had plenty of friends because I was doing what they were doing but the moment I said yes to God I said yes to God You say, what does that mean? You see, the church today doesn't understand this. Listen to me. The church today thinks you go, you cry at the altar, and you keep doing what you're doing. 
You keep shacking up. Somebody talk to me. You keep living in sin. That's not, that's not what God wants today. God said, if you're going to give yourself to me, I want all of you. <laughs> I want all of you. Watch this. John 15, 4. Y'all not tired, are you? John 15, 4. Listen to this. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Because, listen to me, any time I am led by the Spirit of God, I receive revelation about my circumstance. I receive revelation about the storm that I'm going through. You see, a lot of times, watch this, a lot of times we are in the midst of the problem and in the storm, and we can't see past it, and we can't see a way out of it, so therefore we get frustrated, we get weary, and we want to quit. What you need to do is to let God take you up here above the storm, above the trial, and let you get a bigger picture of what's going on. Because if you do, here's what's going to happen. You're going to realize that your blessing, your breakthrough is right around the corner. That it's right past this struggle in your life. You're going to realize that a lot of times the enemy hits you the hardest right before everything's getting ready to be released into your life. I can't get no help in here this morning. You will realize and you will find this out when you get God's perspective. Write this down. A church that is bound by culture and does not have revelation is a dying church. A church that is bound by culture. This is how we always done it, praise God. And not in tune with revelation from the Spirit. 
is a dying church. Some of you in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've seen it. So set in tradition, so set in their ways, they refuse to buck, and their church is dying every week. Why? Because they are not tapped into revelation. You see, when you live by revelation, that's what it means when he says, My word abide in you, and you in my word. You can ask what you will, and it shall be done. That's revelation. And as long as we are tied into the Spirit of God, as long as we are being led and walking in the Spirit of God, then we are walking in revelation. Somebody say, God is always releasing revelation into our life. He's always releasing revelation into the church. If you come into this church and every service is the same, there's a problem. We sing a few songs, we, get, we have a little golf clap, we hear a nice message, and we go home. And that's how we always do it. Then something is wrong. If we, come, we always come in, we shout the roof down, we, we, we just hoop and holler all the time, and then we leave feeling blessed and refreshed. Something is wrong. Somebody say this hurts, but it's right. How do you know, listen to me, how do you know a church has revelation from God? A church has revelation from God when the services are different. God is not bound, listen, if he healed you one way before, he is not bound to heal you the same way. I can't stress this enough. If God blessed you financially one way before, he is not obligated to do that the same way again. I never read in my Bible where he ever parted a sea again. I never read in my Bible where he ever used a donkey to talk to a man again. Somebody say he's sovereign. And God, because he's sovereign, can do sovereign acts. There are certain things that God will do the same way every time. And that is concerning seeking Him. He didn't say, I'll seek you. He said, you seek me and I'll draw near to you. He said, if you come to me with a prideful spirit, I will not receive you. But if you come to me with a humble spirit, a broken heart, and a contrite spirit, I will receive you. That will never change. But sometimes, guess what? Sometimes I come into the presence of God with a smile on my face, with a shout in my heart, speaking in tongues, just going after it. But then there are other times it is not the flow of the anointing to come that way. So you know what I do? I don't say, well, this is how I always raised up to do this. No, I say, God, what do you want from me? And sometimes it's just a tear. It's a heartfelt cry. It's a moaning in the spirit. You must listen. How many's in something right now? Just be honest with me. Raise your hand. How many's in something right now? Let me tell you something. If you are in the midst of something right now, you need revelation. Because write this down. This is good. Write this down. You cannot go past what has been revealed to you. Oh, my goodness. Why do I operate in miracle signs and wonders? 
because of the revelation I received from God. You can't listen. If it's only been revealed to you, this right here, you cannot go past it. I cannot stress this enough. So if you want to go past where you are right now, because I think I'm talking to a lot of people that's satisfied with where they are. Are you satisfied this morning? But you want more? Then you need more revelation. Oh, goodness. Peter, watch this. How many knows the story of Peter in the book of Acts concerning the sheet with the unclean animals on it? Watch this. Peter was only, he was limited to nothing but the Jewish people because that's his revelation. He thought that was all that there was, that the gospel was for this, until God gave him a revelation. He said, do not call what is unclean, or what is clean, unclean. In other words, he said, if I'm in it, if I'm working in it, don't you say it's not for me. Let me tell you something. Like I said before, I don't care if you don't preach like me. I don't care if you don't sing like me. All that I care about is that God is working in you. And if God is working in you, then that's what I want. But because Peter received that new revelation, he went to the Gentiles. And guess what? Watch this. Watch this. What he considered unclean, the house of Cornelius, what he considered unclean, right before his very eyes, before he even got done preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on every person in that house. Woo, come on, somebody. Every person in that house. Let me tell you something. God is not bound by your culture. You want to talk about this church and say, well, you don't do it like us? Get over it. Because God is moving in this house. Come on, somebody. He's moving in here. You have to be spiritually dead to not see it. Every service, God is doing something. He's doing it. Because we're not bound by culture. Come on, somebody. Revelation. Somebody say revelation. Revelation will save your life. Revelation will open doors for you. Revelation will break things that has been withheld in your life. Why? Because you might have thought, watch this. You might have thought that you had to accept what you're going through. Until somebody came along like me. That says you don't have to be sick. Hey, you don't have to be broke. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be miserable. But God can give you a life and a life more abundantly. And guess what happened? Stevie came to me a while back. It's been a few months ago. He said, you know, this, this speaking stuff really does work. He said, I felt a cold coming on. He said, I just kept speaking. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And he said, you know what? The symptoms went away. He said, this stuff really does work. 
But what if I'd have been bound by culture? Listen to me. What if I'd have been bound by culture? You say, well, you know what? Praise God, you just can't help what comes along. One day we're going to go to Beulah land. Well, what about now? The prayer of Jesus was, thy kingdom come, help me out, thy will be done on what? It didn't say in heaven, it said on what? As it is in, there ain't no sickness in heaven. There ain't no broke people in heaven. Somebody talk to me. There's no sadness in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. There's no defeat in heaven. Somebody come on up and play the piano. <laughs> Write this down. A man with revelation is dangerous. Our woman. A man or woman with revelation is dangerous. Oh, my. Glory to God. I felt that. Let me say it one more time in case you didn't hear me. I said a man or woman with revelation is dangerous. That's why, watch this, that's why the enemy wants to keep you in your culture. He wants to keep you in tradition. He wants to keep you in your perspective. Because as long as you do, you're not being fed revelation. And as long as you're not having revelation, you will never get out of where you are. Jesus opened the scroll and he said, I'm here to set you free. And the devil said, culture, he don't look like you. He don't act like you. He don't talk like you guys talk. Remember your traditions. Because the Jewish people are very traditional people. They pass it down from generation to generation to generation. There are many things that they, before the Torah ever came along, it was passed down by word. From generation to generation. Watch this. And he says, you know this ain't of God. Because you were expecting something different. It don't look like you thought it was going to love him. It doesn't sound like you thought it was going to sound. Somebody talk to me. And because they believed that, it was basically this. I'm here to set you free, but you're not going to be free today. Because your traditions have made the word of none effect. You say, how in the world could the Pharisees, who knew the word like they knew it, how in the world could they not receive Jesus that was fulfilling Scripture left and right? Watch this. This is the power of culture. Because of culture, they were so bound, they couldn't see it. Because he did not match up to their perspective. He's not a king. 
He's not the Messiah. He's not the one that's been sent to set us free. Look at him. Look at how he talks. Look at how he dresses. Look where he came from. You know, when, when Jesus called Nathaniel, what did he say to Philip? He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Some of you almost say that, can anything good come from McDowell County? Can anything good come from Tazewell County? Can anything good come from Bland? Did I name all the counties in here? Oh, we got Dave back here from Ohio. Can anything good come from Ohio? Nazareth wasn't significant. It wasn't even considered on the map. Oh, my goodness. A lot of y'all think God can't use you because of where you are. Do you think I care where I am right now? Listen to me. Do you think for one second that God can't put Tazewell on the map? Y'all limit God too much. Oh, will the economy, the economy. We ain't about the economy. We live by a heavenly economy. Come on, somebody. I hope y'all believe that this morning. The world can do whatever they want to do. But we're going to live like nobody else. But that it's going to make you break culture. And you're going to hear people say, are you too good for your raising? Oh, you think you're better than us? But don't you get offended. You hear me now? Don't you get offended. Because it's only going to hold you back. Colossians 2.8, and I'm done. Somebody say, praise God. It says, beware lest any man spoil you through what? In vain deceit. After the traditions of men. After what? The rudiments of the world. And not after Christ. All you got to do is look around in the body of Christ today and you see a bunch of principles that are not of God, but of the world. And so therefore, the church is on antidepressants as much as the world is. Somebody talk to me. Churches are shutting down left and right because they can't pay the bills. Hear me now. Because we've let the world's philosophy. God's philosophy is give and you'll have more than what you know to do with. The world says, hold on to everything you got. Don't let go of it. Hold on to every penny. But we've let that come into the church. The world says you got to have this to be happy. You got to be on a pill. You got to be on a drug to, to function in life. I don't think so. Somebody say, I get high on Jesus. 
and there ain't no hangovers. <laughs> Woo! There ain't no hangovers. And guess what? I remember last night. Hey, I remember it. The world says exercise every day. Don't eat nothing but broccoli. And you might live until you're 60. Hold on, what? But God promised me 121 years. Or 120 years, excuse me. 120 years. Talk to me. Somebody say, that's the word. He said, man should not live by past 120 years. But this word said, watch this. But the principle of God said, if I get this word in me, in Proverbs chapter 4, it's health unto all my flesh. Watch this. That's why the church runs to the same thing the world does. <laughs> Stand to your feet this morning. Don't get caught up in culture. Don't get caught up in tradition. Go past it. I heard all my, as soon as I started ministry, I heard all men, you can't have a big ministry. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, God said I could. I stood up in the church one time. And I said, I'm not going to quit until I see the blinded eyes open. Until I see the dead raised. Until I see devils cast out. Until I see the, the death here. I said, I'm not going to quit. And just about everyone in the church looked at me like, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Now sit down. Because you're challenging us. Let me say this one more time. Don't get caught up in ideas and principles which men accept but are not revelation. They are only culture. You want a few examples? God will put no more on us than we can bear. You know that ain't in Scripture? <laughs> Uh-oh. Somebody goes through something. What's the first thing we say? Well, just know that God don't put no more in you can bear. Sounds good, but it ain't Scripture. But you know what God does? He breaks you. What? He breaks you. Why? Do you want to know why? Because He wants you to die to self. So you know how you die to self? God's got to put more on you than you can bear. Somebody talk to me. He's got to put more on you than you can bear. Why? Because then you rely on Him. Then you'll put your trust on Him. Then you won't lean on your strength, but you'll lean on the strength of the Lord, which is what? Joy. And here's a good one. God helps those who helps themselves. Don't that sound so good? But it's not Scripture. It's a tradition. 
Mother always said God helps those that help themselves, but God didn't say it, so. <laughs> Somebody say, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall I live. And here's another one. Write this down. Culture doesn't bring change. It never will. Culture doesn't bring change. If anybody in here, if you know the Christian walk, you know it's change. We should always be maturing in Christ. We should be, uh, listen, if you've been saved for 40 years, it doesn't mean you're wise. Oh, I'm getting in trouble. I better stop. You know why God uses me who's in my 20s to teach people that's way older than me? Because wisdom doesn't come from age. It comes from God. <sighs> Somebody say wisdom comes from God. Galatians 3.28. Now I'm just reading this. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all what? In Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means? Culture has nothing to do with it. Traditions have nothing to do with it. Some might say we are all one in Christ. Go ahead. <sighs> Lift your hands in this place if you would. Hallelujah. My God, we bless you and we worship you this morning. <sighs> Glory to God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. This morning, if you're going through something right now, I want you to listen to every mind focused right now. If you're going through something right now, and you need a different perspective, and you're in here this morning, and you, re and you want to break culture, which is limitations. Let me get up here so everybody can see me. Because I'm vertically challenged. Some of y'all got that. Listen to me. Many times we look around us and we think, we can't go past this. Hear me now. We can't go past this. It should be the heart of every parent for their children to go further than they did. Let me say it one more time. I said it should be a heart of a parent for their children to go further than they did. Sometimes it's hard to go deeper when you look around and everybody else is comfortable with where they are. I'm talking to some people this morning. Sometimes it's hard to go further when everybody is criticizing you. And the reason why they're criticizing you is because they want what you want. They just don't want to do what you want to do to get it. Oh, God. But if you're in here this morning... And you need a revelation from God. You need to break limitations and traditions. That there's something inside of you 
that wants to go deeper, that wants to go further. If you want to know Christ today, then if this is you in here today, I want you to get up here. I want you to get up here. And you know what? That should be everybody in the church. Come on up. If you want it this morning, come on up. It's yours. Somebody say, Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus paid it all. If you want to know God this morning, I want you to get